0: there was a time of persecution and then after that um he went he went to different places he went to taif which is a place outside of mecca he went to al auswal khazraj who are two clans two tribes and what it was is that he was he was trying to get support for his project or the monotheistic project because he was being boycotted etc he eventually got it from al auswal khazraj these two tribes because they actually believed in the religion of islam this is documented like without a shadow of a doubt, this is what happened. And then, and then is Medina, this in
1: the Medina? Is this the Medina period that you're speaking of? So
0: this is actually technically the Meccan period. Okay, still the Meccan period. Yeah, right? so right okay. before Medina literally was established because Medina is, the, the, it was, it was so-called after the prophet because Medina just literally means the city in Arabic. It was called Yathrib before and then they changed it into Medina to Nabi, like the city of the prophet. And so that's why it was kind of called Medina after that. In that time period, so you've got 13 years of Medina, The vast majority, I'm not going to say all, but the vast majority of wars that took place, in fact, all of the wars that took place before the conquest of Mecca were defensive. So the pagan Arabs went to uh, Medina and tried to siege it, Uh, Badr, Uhud, Ahzab, uh, or the Khandaq, and all of these are names of wars. in fact, according to Ibn Khayyam, one scholar, there were 19 such wars in 10 years. So that's almost an average of two wars every year. And for me, I see that actually as an evidence for prophethood, because the prophet was actually fighting in these wars. He wasn't just leave, you know throwing people around, telling them to, to fight for him. He was fighting in them, and they were defensive wars. Um, so in that time period, what happened was I'll give you okay, one okay. example. Okay, so okay,
1: so let me let me interject something yep. there because that's 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 very that's a very hard thing for me to to get straight in my mind. Yes. Now, um. I would say that and the division in Islam that occurred almost immediately upon Muhammad's death and which has not been rectified to this day, quite the contrary. So that's also, you know, that's a problem for everyone. Yeah. It's a problem for Muslims, it's a problem for Christians, it's a problem for everyone. And it's a problem that could really get out of hand. Now, it's not like I don't know that the Protestants and the Catholics were at each other's throats for, you know, hundreds of years, so. Yeah. But that's, that's not the issue at the moment. So, now, in, in Islam, there's a tremendous emphasis on Christ's doctrines as well. And there isn't any evidence that Christ himself took part in, let's say, wars.
0: Okay, and I, so I disagree I, with it's that. It's hard. And let me, let okay. me disagree with what that. What do you mean? Okay, well, if you if you analyze Christ as an archetype, when he comes back in his second coming, he is going to dominate the world. And one can say, well, that's not the historical Christ. But when we're when we're looking at him... In the way yeah that you look, th- at-
1: look that's a reasonable that's a reasonable yeah, well, objection if we, if we look and at I understand the that, that a judge at- a judge has a judge has that that martial element and yeah. I don't think it's reasonable to use the archetypal representation as an argument against the the historical reality and look I'm not saying to you that I know that what Muhammad did was wrong that isn't what I'm saying I'm saying that I don't understand how participation in those Defensive wars, let's say, but then that was also followed by a tremendous explosion of Islamic expansion, right—the biggest yes. empire the world had ever seen in a very short period of time, right at right at Europe's doors, mm-hmm. and so, and that was also followed by the severance of the Islamic faith into two major categories and and internecine conflict there, yes. and so there's that that stream of 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 armed conflict activity.
0: No, I, that, I think that you're. with respect i i don't think you're getting the history fully right here because well
1: go yep that's fine go go right ahead the
0: the the the, the, the war in jamal and safin that the wars between shia and sunnah or or what would then be it's not really between shia and sunnah because quite frankly shiaism had not been established as a but the, the the wars of the companions how many people died in those wars do we have any numbers for so maximum? We can no, say... no, but
1: it's but it
0: yeah. fair. Look, Sorry.
1: fair enough, man, and it's not like it's not Chris. It's not like Christianity hasn't been rife with internecine conflict.
0: Yes, no, you know, but the thing but,
1: is, but the fact is, is that it, w- it was almost immediately after Muhammad's death that this fracturing took place among the people that were closely allied with him, and it was a bloody fracturing. And it isn't yeah, obvious it's not, that it's been it, how bloody was it?
0: How, how bloody was it? We're well, how about,
1: bloody does it have to be?
0: You know, well, it doesn't take how, much, how, okay? Well, does, Jordan, let's, well, let's be honest, let's be fair. Yeah, yeah, but okay. Look, Let's be fair, right? With 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 the wars that took place thirty to forty years, and it wasn't immediately after, because you said that in a video. The day he died, that's wrong. He, it didn't happen the day he died. It happened thirty to 40 years after. It happened thirty to forty years after. And well, how talking...
1: long? How how many people? How many members of Muhammad's immediate family survived during that thirty years? My my understanding was that most of his immediate family died in armed conflict. Relatively... Most of his immediate
0: family died in his own lifetime.
1: Yes, well, I'm not speaking uh, well, of them, but I'm no, speaking no, look, of what happened let's, after let's he get died. These facts
0: right, because yeah. Okay, look, first, first fact: Muhammad, uh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We say meaning peace and blessings be upon him. Um, all of his children died in his life, okay, except for one. So most of the members of his immediate family and his wife died. Khadija died. His uncle Abu Talib died. His other uncle Hamza died. They all died within his lifetime. Either due to illness, or due to uh, some other some other cause, war, for example, like one of the defensive wars, Hamza died. And by the way, Muhammad forgave his killer, and that's something which which goes against the warlord thesis. Because when he then conquered Mecca, when he conquered Mecca, he it was actually no fighting. I'm not sure if you know this. It's called Fatḥ Mecca. When he went into and conquered Mecca, he didn't fight anybody. It was no fighting. There were a few people that that were exempted, but. He actually quoted what Joseph quoted to his brothers in the Quran, in the Quran which is that no blame is on you today. And so, and this by the way is a bedrock example of forgiveness in Islam, because these were people that were persecuting him for 13 years. These are people that were, that killed his uncle. Like I said, there's one person called Wahshi who, um, who literally killed his uncle and, uh, and uh, mutilated his body. And he said to Wahshi, I forgive you, but I can't, I can't see your face because of how, how, uh, he said, He said, can you keep your face away from me? Because I can't, psychologically, I can't bring my face, but I do forgive you, he said. So he forgave people that killed his own family members. And this was after he, he himself attempted a treaty with the pagans called hudaybiyah And so they broke the treaty and that's what initiated the conquest of Mecca, which was and not a conquest that was uh, uh, fighting. Now, if you compare this, because I think the comparison—if there's any comparison that can be or should be made—it's it's Jesus's second coming with Muhammad in the Medinan period, not in the Meccan period. In the Meccan period, both were being persecuted: Jesus in his life and Muhammad in his in the Meccan period. But Jesus, when he comes back, he will then get authority, and he will be—he uh, will be ruling with the iron scepter, according to the Bible. He would be crushing his. Uh, he will be crushing his enemies, uh, as it says in Corinthians, under his foot, humbling his enemies under his foot, uh, and killing and violent stuff. So, in fact, what the the I will actually argue today that the New Testament representation of Jesus Christ in his second coming is way more violent than Muhammad's conquests in uh, the Medina period. Okay. Well, There's-
1: look, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't trying to make the case. I wasn't trying to make the case that what happened in Mecca or Medina was wrong. Like, so let me explain that a little bit. So Christian Europe fought a defensive war against the Nazis. It isn't obvious that that was wrong. I don't think
0: that was, I but, wouldn't say that's defensive.
1: Well, uh, okay, fine. But but I understand the concept of defensive war. And, well, America, and it, didn't,
0: America when America got involved in World War II, it was not under immediate threat by Germany and they colonized it. And here's the thing, it, co- it, it it overtook Western Germany, you see. And it, here's the thing, the term warlord that you use with the prophet, you've never used with Harry Truman, you've never used with uh, with, with uh, Roosevelt, you've never used with Winston Churchill, all of which conquered countries, literally, in wars. Because I feel like there is, there is a bias there. And you actually never used it with anybody else, aside from the Prophet Muhammad in your public output. And I think that's unjustifiable. I think that you have biblical prophets like... Moses, you have biblical prophets like um, Joshua. You have you have the uh, Jesus and his second coming, all of which were warrior prophets. And 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 you've only used the term uh, war, uh, warlord with the prophet Muhammad. And I think that is unjustifiable. I think if we're what what is it that called, what makes someone a warlord? In your, in then, if if it's if it's conquering lands, then Harry Truman is a warlord. Then uh, you know. And so on and so forth. In fact, the Prophet Muhammad. Well, I guess went...
1: that's a real that's a real tough question, isn't it? What makes a warlord and what makes a just war? It's not like any of us have the precise answers to that. I and think that's partly what we're, we're trying are, to hash out there are right definitions
0: here. Definitions of the word warlords. The, the definition of the word warlord, according to Collins, is that someone who acquires force by aggressivity and violence. Well, okay, so fine. You
1: pushed back on me, so I'll push back on you to some degree. Okay. Well, it's certainly the case that the expansion of the Islamic empire was accomplished by a tremendous amount of warlike activity, and that wasn't defensive. Now, look, I understand that monotheism is a difficult state to attain, and that monotheistic societies have emerged in the midst of conflict throughout human society. I understand that, and I'm not even saying that there's something exceptional in that regard about Islam, although the rate at which it happened was quite remarkable. But it still presents us with a problem, doesn't it? I mean, everyone. It presents everyone with a problem. And the problem is, well, for example, the problem is reconciling the idea of turning the other cheek with the idea of a just war, a defensive war, or an expansive war, for that matter. And, of course, that issue is relevant to Islam, because Islam exploded outward and produced the biggest empire the world had ever seen in, in, the, in the space of a few short centuries.
0: Yeah, but so, Dr. Jordan Pease is So then, yeah, so
1: well, it. so then you ask, well, what's the spirit? What is the spirit that animated that? And is that attributable to the the Islamic doctrines themselves? I don't know the answer to that.
0: No, let me tell you the answer to that, okay? And this is what I want to tell you conclusively, and this will help build bridges, honestly, because we can maintain the warlord thesis, we can maintain the expansionist thesis. But here's what I'll tell you. Islam has has a capability to be expansive, and it also has a capability of making peace treaties. And it does, and it should do, whatever's in its best interest just like every country should do whatever's in its best interest. In the pre-modern world, we did not... I think this is highly anachronistic. In the pre-modern world, there was no such thing as the UN. It was a realist international relations framework whereby everybody was fighting everyone. Uh, the Roman Empire didn't care about what... what you, it didn't care about you, quite frankly. It was expanding itself. The Persian Empire was expanding itself. And the, and the Arabian Peninsula was in between both. And so it could have either been swallowed by those two other empires, or it could decide, to. in fact, we will impose our government on, on them before they impose it on us. And it decided the former rather than the latter, it decided to expand. And in fact, the Prophet, in his weakest of times, he predicted that that would happen. You know, there was one war in particular where they were they were starving, and it's called Khandak, and he hit a rock and he said, Futihat Rome the Roman Empire has been conquered. He hit another a rock again, he said, Futihat Faris, that the Persian Empire has been conquered. And then he knocked the rock again. He said, he said this in his weakest moment. He said that the Yemen has been conquered. I see that the expansion of the Islamic Empire is a proof of Islam. And you know, it's not just me, even historians say this. How Barnaby Rogerson he said the fact that Islam spread to the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire is equivalent to. The the, the is, is equivalent to Eskimos taking over Russia and America. I believe it's miraculous if anything that this happened. I don't think it's unjustifiable. I think actually, Jordan Peterson, to to Then completely why did it these, stop
1: it? Why did it stop at Europe's borders, so to speak? If it was a miraculous, well, it, yeah, it stopped because
0: of uh, it wasn't successful there. It wasn't. It, it stopped where it, it, it couldn't go further. But the point is, is that it's not like the Christians at that time in uh, Rome cared. I mean they did the same thing for years they were expanding themselves well What'd that's you... why
1: I said that's why I said I wasn't making a prima facie case that this was wrong I'm trying to understand it and so and you objected to my t- use of the term warlord and perhaps rightly so you know perhaps yeah. that was an injudicious comment I was rather shocked when I was reading Islamic history when I encountered the degree of violence that surrounded these events and so you know maybe i was in no i I appreciate what you said
0: there i think that shows real sincerity and it's 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 one step closer to creating real uh meaningful relationships between uh, well i
1: think and, and i think your you know your defense that well the world was a battleground of empires and you know if it's if it's push out from our territory or be encroached upon and dominated then it isn't obvious that being encroached upon and dominated is the right approach, the correct approach, the most moral approach, let's say, um, especially because there'd be no shortage of bloodshed that would also accompany that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're in a bad place. and But, you know, it's not an easy thing for any of us to, what would you say, mediate between doctrines like turn the other cheek and love your enemy, and also at the same time discuss the necessity of both defensive and sometimes expansionist wars, right? We all have to contend with that. and and And, and it's very difficult to contend with it. The arguments are extremely complicated. You're absolutely right. And I-